Thank you for listening today. Dr. Lori Hess is a leading exotic animal veterinarian with a busy veterinary practice in Bedford Hills, New York. If you need more information on any Zupreme product or have questions for Dr. Lori, go to our website at www.zupreme.com where you can contact us. Make sure to follow us on Facebook for more information on upcoming podcasts, education, and Facebook fun. Welcome to the Zoo Nation podcast channel brought to you by Zupreme. Zupreme makes healthy food for pet birds, rabbits, guinea pigs, and ferrets. If you're listening today, your home has probably experienced the love and happiness of owning a non-traditional or exotic pet. We know it's a zoo in your home sometimes. Here's Dr. Lori now to help you learn more about the care of that special pet in your home. Hi, I'm Dr. Lori Hess, Director of Pet Health and Nutrition at Zupreme, and you're listening to podcast number 35. Today we're going to talk about a very, very important topic when it comes to small animals, and that's dental issues. Dental issues are a huge, huge problem when it comes to rabbits especially, but also rodents and even some ferrets, because many of these animals, other than ferrets, have continuously growing teeth. All the teeth of rabbits grow continuously. They're open-rooted as opposed to our teeth that are closed-rooted. So, you know, once we grow to adulthood, our teeth stop growing. But that's not true of rabbits whose teeth grow throughout life. And rodents have some teeth as well that grow continuously throughout life. The front teeth, certainly, of rodents grow continuously. And that includes rats and mice, guinea pigs, chinchillas, you know, all the small rodents as well. And this can be a very important issue because if your teeth are continuously growing and you're not wearing them down properly, this can lead to all kinds of dental problems. Um, and as an exotic animal veterinarian, dental issues uh, that I face are, are huge. Uh, we see so many problems with rabbits in particular, but also with some rodents who develop all kinds of medical problems when they're not eating the right things. And as a result, their teeth become infected and impacted. So let's talk a little more specifically about the types of problems that we see in these animals. Um, I'll harp on rabbits a little more because I think rabbits are the, the animals that are tremendously popular today and, and probably the animals that we see the most dental problems in. In the wild, rabbits are chewing on a lot of rough grasses and shrubbery and coarse uh, fibrous material plants, and that helps them wear down their continuously growing teeth. Unfortunately, in captivity, while we try to keep up with this continuous growth by providing hay, um, that coarse rough fibrous hay that we have, um, it's really not as rough and fibrous as the the foliage that they chew on outside, so they're not... um, really able to wear down their teeth solely with hay alone. Um, And also, we like to provide them with things that they love to eat, which is pellets. They love pellets and they love delicious carbohydrates the same way, uh, you know, we love delicious carbohydrates. Pellets are yummy carbohydrates and they taste good. So obviously, um, you know, they're a little tastier for most rabbits than the hay that we provide. So given a choice, many, many rabbits will choose pellets over hay. Um, while there certainly are some nutrients in uh, pellets that they do need uh, that are important in their diet, hay should make up the bulk of their diet. So it's really, really important that you provide 
a lot of coarse, uh, rough hay, dry hay, that really will prevent them from having teeth overgrowth in the sense that when they chew, they chew that hay for long periods of time. They have to grind their top teeth and their bottom teeth together to wear down those little fibers of hay um, and wear them down to the point of being able to, to digest them properly. Now, rabbit digestion is a whole story unto itself. They uh, handle the fiber very specifically in their gastrointestinal tracts. Um, there's digestible fiber and indigestible fiber, and that's a topic for another podcast. But it is really, really important that fiber be uh, essential in their in rabbits' diets. It should be the number one thing that they're eating, not just for dental health, but also for happy digestive health. So um, you really should provide your rabbit with unlimited amounts of hay. Now, there are many different kinds of hay. You hear of Timothy hay probably most often. Timothy hay is a wonderful hay that most rabbits and rodents really love. Um, it is perfect for an adult animal. It has the adequate amount of protein, fat, and calcium for an adult animal's body, an adult rabbit's body, or an adult guinea pig or chinchilla. Um, some of the other hays that are out there, alfalfa, for example, is fairly controversial in the sense that uh, many people believe that you should not provide excessive alfalfa hay to adult animals because it does have a lot of calcium uh, in it, excessive amounts of calcium, and it can potentially lead to the development of bladder stones if all that calcium sediments out into the bladder. It forms kind of like uh, the sand at the bottom of a snow globe. If you picture a snow globe as your rabbits or your rodents bladder, that uh, calcium can sediment out on the bottom like that sand in the globe and stick together and form bladder stones. So um, a lot of people don't like to feed excessive amounts of alfalfa hay. Um, a little bit of alfalfa hay is fine for an adult animal. And certainly if your animal is growing, if your rabbit or rodent is growing, or if it's uh, lactating, producing milk for babies, and they these animals need added calcium, then it's fine to provide an extra dose of uh, alfalfa hay. But there are some other hays too. Meadow hay is a softer form of grass hay. There's um, orchard grass hay. Uh, there's straw hay. There are all kinds of oat hay. Those are all kinds of hays that you can provide to your animal, um, your rabbit or your rodent, and provide variety in their diet to keep them interested in eating hay. And hay, again, as we said, should be the number one uh, component of their diet along with a smaller amount of pellets. So you just don't want to overfeed pellets. If you overfeed pellets, you can cause uh, gastrointestinal disturbance by leading to um, overgrowth of abnormal bacteria. And this happens because the pellets are all carbohydrate, really, most mostly carbohydrate with some fiber in them. Um, and the carbohydrate basically can change, the excessive carbohydrate can change the pH of the gastrointestinal tract, um, leading to the overgrowth of the gas-producing bacteria in the GI tract. And when animals eat too much uh, carbohydrate, too much pellets, all those gas-producing bacteria come in, make them feel gassy and bloated, and make them not want to eat. Um, and this can lead to potentially a life-threatening condition called gastrointestinal stasis, which is a slowing down of the passage of food through the GI tract. Um, and bacteria develop there and they produce horrible toxins and it can be life-threatening. So the best way to prevent this is to provide lots and lots of hay, lots of fiber to your rabbit or to your rodent, your guinea pig, your chinchilla. Um, you know, very, very important. 
So um, certainly providing fresh greens too, very, very important. Uh, greens have fiber in them as well, and they also promote chewing, um, and they also have a lot of water. So keeping the animal hydrated, keeping that GI tract going with all the added water in greens, also very important for dental and GI health. Um, there is also a big theory that, that, you know, it depends who you talk to as to whether they subscribe to it. It's very popular theory in Europe that probably the reason or a good part of the reason that we see so many dental problems in rabbits in particular and in rodents is that um, they're not exposed to ultraviolet light the same way the wild rabbits and rodents are. Um, we're talking about captive pet rabbits and rodents. They're kept inside and when they're not exposed to UV light directly and they can't come through a window because the window filters out the UV, critical UV rays, but they don't make the proper vitamin D in their skin because they're not getting those UV rays. And without the proper vitamin D in their skin, they're not absorbing calcium and phosphorus from their foods properly, even if you're providing it uh, in a good quality uh, combination of hay and pellets, they're not really absorbing that uh, calcium properly because they're not making vitamin D. And as a result, they suffer from what we often talk about in reptiles, which is metabolic bone disease, which means that their their teeth and their jaw bones don't form normally uh, without that added calcium that proper amount of calcium uh, because of the lack of sunshine and vitamin D. And as a result, they are predisposed to developing dental problems. So the question is, you know, should you have your rabbit or rodent outside um, exposed to sunshine? And I think it's a great idea to expose your rabbit or rodent out to sunshine um, in warm weather when they're not overly cold. Obviously, if it's snowing or it's freezing out, you don't want to put them outside. But you also, you know, don't want to overheat them. Rabbits in particular and chinchillas are very subject to overheating. So if you can put your animal outside in a cage for short periods of time when they're supervised, you don't want to put them out when they're exposed to wild animals or even like hawks or anything else that could potentially swoop down and pick them up. But if you have a porch um, in your home or an area that you can pen off and have your rabbit or rodent outside and have them get some sunlight so they can make some vitamin D, particularly as they're growing, um, that may make them uh, have stronger jaws, uh, healthier teeth, and, and maybe it will help pre prevent some of the dental problems that we see. We're not really clear on this. Um, obviously, some of the dental problems that we see in rabbits and rodents are genetic, just the same way, you know, some people have terrific teeth and others don't. Um, there are a limited number of things we can control uh, about the genetics of healthy teeth in rabbits and rodents, but certainly providing adequate fiber and a balanced diet, um, you know, unlimited amounts of hay, uh, smaller amounts of pellets. Usually we say no more than a quarter to maybe maximum half a cup of pellets per four to five pounds of bunny weight per day. Um, that would be important. And then, you know, lots of fresh leafy green vegetables. Um, you know, you want to avoid excessive amounts of alfalfa, as we mentioned, parsley, kale, spinach. Those are also high calcium greens. So certainly if you have a growing rabbit or rodent, you can provide them with lots of these uh, greens, but you want to limit those greens in other uh, rabbits and rodents uh, adult diet um, so that you're not providing them excessive amounts of calcium, but making sure they stay hydrated. Um, some rabbits and rodents prefer a water bottle versus a water dish. Um, I am always a fan of providing both because you just never really know. Um, and getting them to drink a lot of water, so and getting them to move around, limiting obesity so that they um, actually move around. And if you, again, you think of their blood 
bladder is a snow globe. Um, you don't want all that calcium sedimenting out into their bladder, so keeping them moving, um, get, putting the food around their you know enclosure so that they move around and, and don't become obese. This can really help with digestion um, as well. But anyway, back to dental problems. Um, so diet is really, really key. We don't have to supplement um, rabbits and rodents with added vitamins if they are on a proper pelleted diet uh, in supplementation with uh, lots of hay and leafy greens, as we said. Um, but diet is really, really key um, to making sure that their teeth stay as healthy as we can make them. Um, a mention about ferrets. Ferrets don't have open-rooted teeth the same way you know rabbits and rodents do. Their teeth are more like cats and dogs and ours, where they grow when they're little and they're young, and then they develop into adult teeth. They have baby teeth, the deciduous teeth as we call them, um, that are pushed out, and the adult teeth come in, same as in people. Um, but you can imagine that just uh, like cats and dogs who don't brush their teeth, uh, ferrets' teeth get, if they're not brushed, get pretty nasty too. So ferrets do need um, annual dental cleaning. That's something that your veterinarian can check out. Um, and, uh, you know, if the teeth develop a lot of tartar, uh, they should have professional cleaning, generally done under anesthesia at your veterinarian. It's very safe. Um, if you have an older ferret, you'll want to make sure they do some blood work first at your veterinarians um, before putting your animal under anesthesia. But just, um, you know, chiseling off that tartar, polishing the teeth, keeping them fresh and clean, making sure the gums aren't infected, very, very important. Now, when it comes to rabbits and rodents, we don't clean the teeth per se. We do do uh, dental checkups at least annually on uh, rabbits and rodents, uh, guinea pigs, chinchillas, you know, rats, mice, um, dagoos. These are all animals that, um, you know, potentially have teeth that will grow and they should be examined. And that includes a good exam, not just of the front teeth, but of the back teeth as well. Um, your veterinarian should be trained in um, having instrumentation to look, a lighted little instrument to look in the back of the mouth to make sure things look good um, and healthy and that there's no discharge, no broken teeth, no swelling of the gums, no pus coming out from around the gums. Certainly the things that we see, um, particularly in rabbits, but also in some guinea pigs, some, ch some chinchillas from time to time, um, we do see uh, tooth root abscesses. And these are swellings that develop along the jawline, either on the lower jaw or the upper, upper jaw, usually visible on the side of the face, and even palpable, you can touch them. And they typically feel like a hard bony swelling um, develops within the tooth root socket, typically from the base of the teeth, and pus forms there. It's a pocket of infection that pushes um, the bone of the jaw. It actually pushes it out and it forms a hard swelling. Starts as, as little as the size of, you know, your thumbnail, but it can grow as large as the size of your fist. Um, and I'm always amazed that, that owners are just not able to notice these till they're really significantly large. Um, at that point, th these animals really do need surgery. They need to have x-rays or a CAT scan to determine which teeth are infected and to pull out those infected teeth and um, to open, out, uh, open up and clean out those abscessed uh, areas and potentially put them on antibiotics and painkillers, anti-inflammatories, um, 
mom sometimes will put antibiotic impregnated little beads into the abscess pocket, the tooth root pocket itself, and seal it up so that the antibiotics slowly elute out in that area and provide sort of a localized area of um, antibiotic so that uh, we can really fight infection. And, you know, a, a good trained veterinarian who's savvy in small animal care can certainly do this. Um, they can uh, safely take out these teeth, and this is obviously done under anesthesia um, with proper instrumentation, but this is something that is a very big deal in rabbits and rodents um, who have these open-rooted teeth and can get infections. Um, chinchillas have a unique type of problem where they, they tend to get tooth root impaction, not necessarily infection, but if you can think of you know wisdom teeth in people that grow and grow and grow and just don't erupt from the gum line, um, chinchillas' teeth will grow continuously and they'll hit in the back of their mouth. Um, so if you imagine the, the mouth is sort of a sideways V with the point of the V in the back of the mouth, if the teeth in the very back of the mouth, that, that, that pointed part of the V, hit each other, the front of the mouth, the open part of the V, kind of splays open. So now chinchillas and some guinea pigs really can't close their mouth properly. And the muscles of their face absolutely develop. They actually develop in a deformed way so they can't chew properly. It becomes very, very painful for them to chew because all of their teeth, as they hit each other in the mouth, uh, in the back of the mouth, and the mouth opens and they can't properly close their jaws, um, it hurts to chew. They become impacted. And this typically happens when these animals are not eating enough uh, rough hay and grasses. You know, chinchillas are in the Andean mountains and, and, and the, uh, uh, they're really wearing down their teeth on rough shrubbery and then we don't provide that same kind of roughage to them in captivity. So they commonly develop uh, tooth root impactions, sometimes infections as well, but impactions are probably more common. And we see this in chinchillas as they try to eat, they drop their food. Um, sometimes they'll start drooling excessively because it's painful. They'll paw at their mouths. Um, it's very sad. And, and that's even harder to treat because we can't pull out all of chinchilla's teeth. So these are things that uh, you should certainly be looking for if your animal looks like uh, he or she is hungry and can't eat, can't chew, can't prehend the food, tear it with their teeth. Um, if they're dropping their food, if they're salivating, um, if they're losing weight, um, if they're selective in their food and they're only eating crumbly soft food like the pellets and not grinding down on the hard, um, you know, rough shrubs, if they're eating less hay over time, these are all signs that there's a problem. So these are some signs to look for, ways to prevent dental disease as best you can in your animals, and obviously having your veterinarian check your small animal's teeth, uh, very, very, very important every year. Um, often, unfortunately, when animals develop these problems, surgery is indicated, and it can be a very, very big and complicated deal. So trying to prevent these infections and impactions from happening is really key. So I hope that you've learned something about dental issues in small animals today. And just remember that when you're listening to Zoo Nation throughout these episodes, you can follow our Zupreme Facebook page where we're going to have posts before every show where you can ask questions for me to answer on the show. And you'll see some sneak peeks to episodes you may have missed there as well. Um, next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, ferrets and uh, we'll mention a little bit more about dental disease, but some other problems in ferrets. Um, if you do have specific questions about your small animals or your birds, you can feel free to contact us at 1-800-345-4767 or at customercare at zupreme.com. This is Dr. Lori Hess, and I want to thank you so much for listening to me here at Zoo Nation. 
Thank you for listening today. Dr. Lori Hess is a leading exotic animal veterinarian with a busy veterinary practice in Bedford Hills, New York. If you need more information on any Zupreme product or have questions for Dr. Lori, go to our website at www.zupreme.com where you can contact us. 